I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Mike Morgan, and welcome. Welcome to this edition of the Wodecast. I'm joined as ever by my Cody. It's G. What's going on, G? What up, Mike? What time is it over there? It is now officially Sunday morning. It's uh, half past 12 in the morning. And um, I have to say, it's nice to be still up, bright and breezy in Bushy Teld and um well i suppose not comatose and charged on <laughs> coffee how about you i am so sleepy every time we get an early card i just get sleepier earlier it's weird you know what i mean really so, seriously yeah. I, I i i could do this all the time this is the time fight should be on i mean what time is it where you are now it's 7 21 and i'm okay with that but like i'm just not used to it like why do i want to go to bed at 7 30 you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all, of course talking about us just having sat through um six or so hours of usc fight night Garn versus volkov but you know let's just back up a bit i mean there was some um fight action that took place over the past few days we had cage warriors we had bellator um we had pfl what were the mm-hmm. standouts that um well struck you in the in the past few days uh pfl6 was hella exciting i don't know who they were i don't know how to um <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie mike i don't get the points i'm not also i'm not a big fan of kayla harrison i didn't really tune in to watch her beat up somebody that is of no competition to her it just doesn't get me going i get that she's exciting and she wins but i don't tune into pfl for her I tune in for those nitty gritty, ugly fights that they're putting on, and they're they're amazing. Did you watch it, Mike? No, I I I've oh. got to admit, I I didn't watch it. Yeah, you got to check it out. And also, I thought Anthony Pettis was going to run through PFL fighters. My bad for that disrespect. I mean, I'm a fan of Pettis, but I keep forgetting he's getting older. I'm not going to say he's washed, but he's struggling a bit in the PFL. He lost by unanimous decision to Rush um, Manifold, which was interesting. I saw like back and forth online. People were saying mm-hmm. he was robbed. And um, I think some, uh, a few people kind of pointed out he won the first two. Mm-hmm. No, wow. no. I mean, I thought it was a close fight. I get why people thought he was robbed, but I didn't think he was robbed. I, I'm still stuck on the, on the fact that these are close decisions that he's, you know, I just kind of expected more, but nonetheless, a good uh, performance by his competitor, but I'm just still a little, I don't know if I think too highly of older UFC fighters or do I just need to understand that Anthony Pettis, although he looks really young and he's still kind of flashy, he might be getting a little older, Mike. Makes me sad. I don't know. Yeah, there there might be that. I think he's passed on the reins, the the, the kind of like mantle of uh, go-getter and um, out there, in terms of fight antics to his, his brother, Sergio, because he seems to be doing incredibly well. 
Oh yeah, like Bellator is the move for the little the little brother. But PFL, I mean, maybe he's making money. Maybe he's having fun. Who knows? So if this is how he wants the course of his career to go and just make a little change and have fun. I, I'm not mad at it. It's just kind of weird to see him not demolishing people I'm not familiar with. You know. You know what? I think like you, we might be romanticizing our um, memories. Yeah. You know, where we've seen him and where he is now. We're fans. Yeah. Yeah. We just want him to get back to his former greatness. And it is kind of like sad to see like him being at the wrong end of a decision. It's, um, it's a little bit kind of like strange territory, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's weird, you know, but nonetheless, I enjoyed the event. There was a lot of violence. I wish I remembered names and stuff, but I'll tell you this. I'm going to be paying more attention to PFL and I'm going to figure out this this hierarchy, this point system, the standings and everything. And I'm going to start to get into this organization. I like what they're doing over here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in terms of like what piqued my interest over the past few days. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the, the runners and riders in, in Bellator were great. For me, it was all about Soren back on the prelims. I mean, I, I like seeing the Viking and I like seeing him wielding his axe mm. and bringing that to the cage. But if I'm honest, this past few days has, has, has been for me about Dominic Wooding. Dominic Wooding, I followed from the time when he was an amateur. So it was great to see him get back to winning ways when he kind of crushed Cameron Hardy. And um, the way that he did it, I mean, the head kick setup and then the punches in bunches, just absolutely incredible. He looked amazing. I mean, having come off um, recent losses in Bellator to Diata and um, Franz Malambo, I've got to admit, when... I saw that he'd been cut from Bellator. I was shocked. I was really surprised. But to see him picked up by Cage Warriors, I think is a good look for him. Because if he can, let's just say, for example, make real big waves there and grab the belt, I see no reason why he won't be in, um, well, he won't be in the UFC. He's got the talent. I think he just needs the patience with his career before he makes that big jump. And I think... You know, for a lot of people on the European side, Cage Warriors is a good way to actually prepare yourself for um, the, the big leagues. Okay, some don't always make it, making that jump from <laughs> Cage Warriors to the UFC. And um, mm. others, I think it's a rarity. Others have um, have done quite well. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of people like Jack Hermanson and um, obviously... Um, Conor McGregor, but no, it was good to see Dominic Wooding back in action. Oh yeah, I I, I can't play, I can't uh, blame you for that, Mike. I mean, I do have a lot of catching up to do because it's like this weekend on the low, there was just so much MMA. Like I miss yeah. Bellator, but I gotta go back and see the Wooding fight and this, this, and that. And Mike, call me crazy. I have a new interest in a new organization and you're going to be kind of shocked with, with which one that I like. Okay, let me, let, me, let me sit down. Yeah, take a seat. You're going to be shocked. I watched, <clears throat> I got to take a breath. I watched Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, the game bred Masvidal's organization. Whoa. And I liked it. I liked okay. it. Yeah, Put it out there. And guess what? I think in two hours... Joey Beltran versus somebody I never heard is fighting. And then we've got uh, Victor Lombard versus Joe Riggs. 
Tiago Alves versus somebody and also Pearl Gonzalez is fighting on this card. And let me tell you something. This is why I like it. Mm. It's MMA, but it's bare knuckles. So it's not bare knuckle fighting that we're used to where two people slug it out. And also it's not bare knuckle boxing, then it's right. It's MMA. It's, it's MMA. So okay. me and you, like, I'm telling you, you can get into this because it's MMA. And then you're familiar with the fighters. Like I just named Lombard, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll recognize some folks and Mike, here's the best part. Mm. They, I don't think Gamebred or Masvidal is recruiting from Denny's, like the other organ, the bare knuckle organization. Like I saw some <laughs> technique. I, these people were fighters and I could watch the prelims to the, you know, to the main card. And mm. it was pretty damn good. And if I can stay up tonight, you know, I'm an old lady that works a lot and I'm tired, but if I can stay up tonight, I'm going to watch um, Masvidal's organization again. I, I liked it. It's fun. I suggest you just maybe try it and get back to me, Mike. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to let you be the guinea pig. I'm going to let you report back Aww. because, you know, I can't stand the notion of unprotected fists um, actually meeting unprotected skulls. So, but me too, Mike. That's I, I, why I I'm shocked. Me too. I don't like bare knuckle. And I swear to God, I feel like they recruit these people from Denny's. Like I feel like the, the, a lot of the fighters are shadow boxing in their garage. And God bless them. They're trying to make a living. But... It's not a talent pool that I like. I I liked Masvidal's little hood organization right now. So <laughs> we'll see if it continues to be good. I did only see one card, but I might watch the the, the second um, card tonight, Mike. Check it out. Why not? I am. Let's you know. Let's jump into the big leagues, Mike. We got the you know the UFC to talk about too. We just had our um, what UFC Vegas thirty just went off, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I have to say, I, I'm reliant on you now in terms of the prelims because um, mm -hmm. I was otherwise engaged and didn't get a chance to see it. I mean, usually what I would do if I missed something, I would actually catch up in the morning. But having uh, not been able to see most of the prelims, that what did actually pique my interest, though? Because mm -hmm. I saw um, the fallout from this because I was kind of like geared up to see Justin James um make bank in which he kind of oh like bet on himself now i'm gonna play this uh this footage and that you know he was poo-pooing the naysayers he was actually wagging his finger at those people who didn't believe in himself but here's what he had to say in the build-up from your world justin james here and i just want to come on here for a second and talk about this bet that i've made uh you know uh, i placed this bet uh of my show money uh, all in this Charles Rose fight, as most of you guys know. And I just want to tell everyone, I really appreciate the positive energy I've been receiving and the negative energy you're receiving. But at the end of the day, I really just don't give a fuck. Like, it's not your money. You know, let me bet what I want to bet. I believe in myself. I believe in my coaching staff. I believe in my abilities. I believe in my full training camp. And, you know, going into 2021, I don't think there's enough of people that believe in themselves. Actually, I see all these betters, you know, they're betting on other people. Most of these guys don't even know. No, they just heard or seen, you know, and but I, I'm, I'm taking a risk. My job is on the line. My UFC career is on the line. All the money. Now, there's a couple of things that actually worry me about this. One, the fact that he bet on himself. I thought that was actually illegal. But two, he actually committed <laughs> this to video. So he outed himself. He actually dubbed himself in. He actually snitched on himself. Now, for me, um, Charles Rosa, 
Um, he's no scrub. So for him to put on such a massive, hefty bet, I can believe that he believed in himself, but putting all of his show money on himself, man, it's kind of like, what was he thinking? But to actually lose that now, uh, my question to you was this, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know how you, you feel about this. Things have obviously got so bad in terms of fight to pay that you've got Justin Chains actually staking everything on himself to get paid decently. And I, I, my question to you is this, one, is this legal? But two, how sad is this? And <laughs> I'll get into a GoFundMe for Justin James. Um, I don't gamble, Mike, so I have no idea if this is illegal, but I'm tickled pink that we're even discussing this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know it was illegal to bet on yourself. And if it is, he's fucked because he just told the world, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Secondly, shout out to Kairos. I saw his post and Mike, I kind of know where you're going with this and and I'm going to be fair here. Just because the company you work for doesn't pay you well, doesn't mean you make stupid decisions with your money. Do you understand? Yes, I do. Yeah. Like I I totally get, you can't blame the UFC um, because you took the little money they gave you and did something really dumb with it, videotaped yourself and lost. And now, and then on top of it, Justin, um, I don't know if he wanted to do this to show people that he believes in himself, or I don't know if this was some self-promotion tactic, Mike. Either way, you lost, brother. Like, you messed up here because you didn't just bet on yourself. You bet how you, hopefully you can still pay your coaches, your team, your, your bills, and whatnot. It was, I think it's a selfish decision and a kind of corny way to kind of get attention your way. Like it's a corny way of self-promotion. And I think it's a really, I think it's awful to blame the UFC. Yes, they're wrong for underpaying him, but you don't take the little chump change they give you and go gamble with it. Mike, can you take the, the mortgage payments or the bills right now and go gamble? Is your wife going to be upset? Uh, she would be horrified, mortified. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. I'll be out in the street, but yes, I could. I could do that, but it would be on me. It wouldn't be right. on my employer. Right. It wouldn't be on your employer if like you took the whole paycheck and you complain you're underpaid. And then you're like, I'm going to go to the casino and put my <laughs> whole paycheck on here. Cause I'm going to double up and I'm going to like, I might not be able to put food on my kid's table. You know what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? Like, why exactly would you, where you're going with it. yeah. Why would you do that? I, I, I think the fighters should get paid more, but in this instance, you cannot blame the company for what he did. And it was stupid. 100%. But yeah. like I say, that, that piqued my interest. And I'm glad I've got your take on it because I was worried that, you know, maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick here. But hearing him lay out in such fine detail, he did indeed bet on himself and bet on himself in such a big way that he's now going to be in financial hardship unless he's got a sneaky 50 60 grand um tucked away somewhere else honestly mike honest honestly the 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 sensible person in me is giving justin the benefit of the doubt and i'm thinking he had money to lose i i find it hard to believe that he was this dumb (laughs) <laughs> I think he I think he has the money to play with that he did. In my mind, if you're going to do something like this, you can be like, damn, we tried. But then you still pay off your coaches, the bills and that you like you're prepared to lose that money is what I'm yeah. thinking. 
if he wasn't you the dumbest like I, I i'm not even gonna go hard on you justin but if you don't have the money to pay the people and now you fucked up <laughs> i'm laughing wow. you know what i mean i thought you just said you're not gonna go hard on him you just buried him <laughs> i could have went harder is what i mean because i think what he did was really dumb if he doesn't have the money to like if this fucks up fucks him up financially hmm. i don't mean to be mean but that shit was dumb you know I hear that, and I totally yeah. agree. I don't think you're being overly harsh. These are facts. And yeah, I don't, you don't gamble so. money that you can't afford to lose, and that's a exactly. I'm not. Yeah, Mike. Like I'm not a gambler, but if I go gamble and I want to drink and hang out with the girls and stuff and gamble, I have the money to do so. I can. Mm-hmm. I can waste it. Is what I'm saying. I really hope he didn't waste his money. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. But yeah. anyway, what? Um, inspired you to actually keep watching on the prelims well what kept me awake um (laughs) on the prelims was definitely someone that i have my eye on mike and that's shavkat rachmanov and yeah i'm saying his name right because i actually like (laughs) I'm, i'm into this guy yes he's a prospect but he doesn't fight like one. And I think we need to keep our eye on him the same way we keep our eye on like Islam Makachev. I, mm-hmm. I think this, um, I think this guy has a bright, bright future ahead of him. And I need you to watch this fight. He fought a guy named Pize- uh, Michelle Pizarres. He's five foot six, but I swear to God, Mike, he's the, like a juggernaut. He's the size wow. of like a, a, he's a small tank. That's what he was. He hasn't fought in a while, but the guy's got heavy hands. He can fight. And they gave him Shafkat and Shafkat, at first, it was a little awkward because the tank was only five foot six. So, of course, the taller fighter and him had to figure out how do we hit each other? There's such a size discrepancy. <laughs> like, how do we do this? But one Shavkat was like, OK, I figured out the range. OK, I know what you know how to do this. He just took over the fight and he beat him up and it was beautiful. He even threw some wonderful spinning back kick. It was just some beautiful technique and he put the guy down eventually and, and, and that was it. And he submitted him in the second round and the submission was violent. Like Michelle tapped immediately from like a rear naked. It was beautiful. But the way in which Shavkat just figured out the range, figured out what to do and then put this tank down was beautiful. I highly suggest you go watch that fight. Okay. Yeah. Any more? For any more? Real quick, um, Warley Alves um, had a tough, tough fight with a UFC debuter named Jeremiah Wells. I need you to go back and watch this fight because Jeremiah Wells, he fights awkward. He looks like a really big piece of muscle, almost like um, Nico Price. You know how Nico Price has that weird shape, but he's a big piece of muscle. Jeremiah Wells kind of looks like that, and he throws really awkward strikes. But here's the thing. For his UFC debut, he knocked out Warley Alves in the second round with like a fucking, what was it? Maybe an overhand right or something like a right hook or some shit. And it was one Mm -hmm. of the hardest punches I've seen Warley eat because Warley reacted. Like you could see his face like, whoa, he hits hard, and then he collapsed. It was a really, really fun UFC debut. And even though this kid's got some really awkward, whatever, striking, I want to see more because he hits so fucking hard. So remember this name, Mike? Jeremiah Wells. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, about you? Know. you? And anything else? Anything for you? Or No, like I say, I, I, I missed the majority of, of the prelims, if not all of them. But as I say, I was quite intrigued by uh mr james do you know what i mean that kind of like mm-hmm. that had me kind of scratching my head but moving yeah. on to the main card then now I've, I've got to admit i was 
thoroughly entertained by this. A lot of people were shitting on this online. A lot of people were saying they were going to miss it. A lot of people were saying that um, this was definitely filler um, before UFC 264. But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it because it started off with um, the UK's own Jai Herbert versus Hanato Moicano. Now, I'm going to be real here. I'm going to be exceptionally real and I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. You may have remembered in the week when I spoke about fights that we were looking forward to, not only in this promotion, but others. Um, there were a few people that I mentioned and Jai Herbert was one of them. I always try and back the UK guy. I try and exalt the UK fighter. I try and keep it real though, in that I whilst being supportive of Jai Herbert, I do feel, I honestly feel that his UFC call-up has been ever so slightly early. And that's why I DM'd you and the rest (laughs) of you before the fight started to say, I have got heart palpitations or words to that effect, because I think that he's going to get dominated here. I think that this is going to be um, basically um, Jai Herbert being 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 rolled over and lo and behold i mean let's just just cut to the chase this mm-hmm. is exactly what happened you know the game plan if you look at what um jai herbert is capable of was simple take him down beat him up submit him and it's almost on cue when um, I forget which commentator it was, said, yes, he fights or he he fights alongside or in the same home as the Edwards brothers. I immediately thought of, um, of Fabian Edwards as soon as he said Edwards brothers, because I knew that kryptonite that Fabian Edwards has, Jai Herbert has. And that is as soon as you put him on his back, as soon as you start the wrestling, as soon as you start the jiu-jitsu, he is like a fish out of water. And exactly that, I feel, was the game plan from Moicano. And um, it was sad to see because I want to exalt the Brit. I want to get behind um, talent from the UK. But it's hard when, you know, weighing in the back of my mind is, um, you know, the fact that I do feel as though uh, his call-up was rushed. I, I just can't think of any other way to to present it because that for me is a fact what do you think i think i think you nailed this on the head i mean just from you know podcasting with you and learning about uk fighters i'm noticing a trend in uk fighters or maybe a pattern mike like i don't know if it's cage warriors funneling them out too soon like dana white contender series or like is there an issue with wrestling in the UK? Like for some reason, a lot of UK fighters have hands. Like you're just like, ooh, like like Jay J- J- Herbert, man. But even a punch he landed on Renato had me like jump. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he spent most of the fight on his back, but when he did land, which wasn't very often, I was like, man, this guy's got power. He's got hands. I bet you when he's on the winning end of these fights, it's an exciting KO or. You can just tell that he's a fish out of fucking water on the on the ground, though. Like, that's why Renato someone who was also a really good technical boxer. We've seen him go toe to toe in boxing, decided to be like, oh, I've been doing jujitsu for 11 years. And conveniently, I'm going to take the Brit down and drown him, keep him there and, and submit him. And why? Because that's Herbert's weakness. And it's like if, if you know what I mean? Like, it's just 
rinse, wash, repeat a lot of times with a lot of UK fighters, you know, like the wrestling holes, you the know, ground game. What's that, going on, Mike? That used to be the case, the whole old adage that Brits can't wrestle. But mm-hmm. with people like Arnold Allen, I think his wrestling prowess is fantastic. People like Dominic Wooding, I really do think... Right. That- ground game his pedigree on the ground is fantastic similarly with jack shaw he's equal i agree on the feet as he is on the ground I, jack shaw is a killer on the ground but mike i don't i don't mean to interrupt you i'm not saying that there aren't uk fighters that can wrestle because mm. i i can right now i was about to name all those people like arnold shore there's a few of them where it's like man they're good it's not just takedown defense either like they can fucking wrestle yeah. but when it's time to beat a British fighter, how do you do it? Take them to the ground like Ja Harbour and you drown them. It's a, it's a pattern, Mike. You know what I mean? It still is, even though you have some wrestling phenoms or some UK fighters that are like, nah, bitch, I can wrestle. It, I'm still seeing an issue here, I think. But you tell me. You see, I think in the early days, that was definitely the case. I mm. think the wrestling pedigree of fighters is something better. that they're actually concentrating on. But just to bring it back to Jai Herbert, it goes back to a conversation that you and I, Chisanga and Kairos had a few weeks back in that mm-hmm. with Renegade, this does seem to be a trait in that the real muscle in that gym um, or, or the real strength is in that gym in Renegade is the stand-up. They're not spending, for my money, enough on wrestling defense, takedown defense, or even just straight, like, you know, how to actually um, have some kind of advantage off your back. And mm-hmm. it just strikes me that, you know, Jai Herbert, being from Renegade, um, succumbs to that kryptonite because, as we saw, the game plan, as I keep mentioning, was simple because of his kryptonite. Putting on his back, beating him up. And you know, yep. don't laugh, but what was ringing in the back of my head was Dan Hardy's word. Stop the fight. In the second, I feel the ref was overly generous to a point where it looked as though Jai Herbert was knocked out off his back. Really? Woken up again. That's what it looked like. It looked like out and then brought back again. But, you know, I I, I really feel um, reluctant to keep reinforcing the point, but it does need to be said. Jai Herbert's um, call-up, I really do feel, was ever so slightly quick. I feel that there is this train. Yes, there is um, an almost um, conveyor belt of fighters which are coming from cage warriors which is like a funnel yeah like it's brilliant to see ultimately ultimately, it's them being called up before their time and this is a case in point and we're Mm -hmm. seeing played out over and over and over again i do think there are some exceptions people like jack hermanson i think does actually break the mold he breaks the kind of like absolutely theme of the, the puppy mill, as it were, for want of a better right. But you know, facts are facts. We're seeing right. this consistently. Now, there's the pattern that you're talking, you know, I'm talking about. The pattern is definitely, like, my take is a little controversial. I hear you, Mike. Maybe I'm leaning towards, like, an old school British fighters can't wrestle. Remember, I'm stateside. But what I do agree with you with, 100%, and there's no controversy, is that Cage Warriors is funneling them out similar to um, Dana White Contender Series. Like, a lot of the people from Dana White Contender Series and Cage Warriors, are they not ready, Mike? 
they're not ready. And then they show up and get beat the hell up or drowned, you know, on, on TV. And that's kind of what happened with Jarber. But what do you think? He gets another fight cut or what's going I on? What that he, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, I, 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 I've never spoken to Jai about his contractual mm-hmm. um, obligations to the UFC. But right, I'm right. that he got called up on a three or even four fight deal, initial deal. I'm guessing that as we are now two fights in, the UFC might be looking at him, giving him a bit of the side eye to think, you know, we've given you two opponents and you've literally been dominated in both um, bouts. Perhaps we'll give you another try. Perhaps we'll give you one more bout just for you to kind of like prove us wrong. But right now, Jai, it's not looking too good for you. I'm hoping against hope that they do because having interviewed him before, he's a lovely guy. He's a very, very humble and uh, respectful person. And he's got mm-hmm. a good vibe and a good aura about him. But um, yeah. it's not looking good from where I'm sat at the moment because facts are facts. This is the ultimate proving ground. And um, the UFC mm-hmm. does have time to be giving people third chances after you know two definite um challenges where he could have actually showcased where he was coming from in the first fight he didn't could have actually showcased where he was coming from in um the follow-up fight and and, and didn't i mean we saw yep. him ultimately succumb to the same sort of kryptonite as he did in the first and he got dominated yep Pretty much. You nailed it, Mike. I, you know, it's unfortunate because in his first, you know, in his debut against what was it? Uh, Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah, it was it was that TKO, you know, that old man strength of the third round that just, you know, out of nowhere put him down. And it was a great fight. And now Renato decided to come out and kind of expose a gaping hole in his game. So it's not yeah. looking good. Your debut knocked out by the old man. You're, you know, you come back out, they give you Renato, someone that can stand and bang with you, but also secretly has really good jits. And you showed us that you weren't really ready for Jay, you know, that he wasn't really ready for mixed martial arts, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But I don't know. I think he'll get one more shot, maybe. If he's lucky, you never know. I don't know about his contract either, but I tell you this, his back's against the wall. He gets one more shot. He's got to put them down and get people talking about him real quick before he gets cut. If he wants to survive. You're right. This scenario is playing out very, very similarly to how Reese McKee, do you remember how his played out? Yeah. Two shots and he was gone. Yeah, that's why I pulled your card on on the last episode of Shots Fired when you were like, oh, he's not a scrub. I was like, yeah, he kind of is. I think you're just maybe you're a fan of his or or like he's got really good hands, but he hasn't showed it. Like maybe he has excellent striking, regardless of whether they're coming out too soon or not. They're good at something. Yeah. But in the UFC, they have issues in a certain department or they're not ready. It doesn't mean they're not good fighters. So I get you when you get excited about like a, a UK prospect. I get excited, too. But sometimes I'm like, ah, I need a little work. Like Jay Her- John Herbert, like his highlight reels, you go watch his fights. You watch him connect on some punches. He's got some lightning in his hands. I get it. I get the appeal. Needs a little bit more work. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. Moving swiftly on, Tim Means versus Nicholas Dolby. Now, Talk to me. the way that I looked at this is I have ultimate respect for Nicholas Dolby because he was in the UFC before after getting cut. 
and he was called up again. Very mm-hmm. rare for a European fighter for this type of scenario to happen or to, to, to um, actually be given a second chance, another bite at the cherry. So it was good to see him back again, coming from yeah. the Warriors um, yeah. uh, train, the Cage Warriors uh, conveyor belt. And um, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of like perplexed by his continual changing of his name. Now he is the Danish Dynamite. Formerly, he was Locomotivo, a.k.a. Sharpshooter. And I was a little bit kind of like, OK, is your head in the game? Because... Stick with one name, pick a name and just stick with that and just concentrate your efforts on improving your striking and jits prowess and wrestling prowess. Because for me, he came out way too hot, swinging hard at Tim Means. And I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry you didn't hear this or, and I didn't actually see this because from the get-go, he mm-hmm. was breathing hard. We're talking... Uh- I saw that before I passed out, Mike, on the couch. I did see the breathing, you know, him breathing hard, which I was kind of like, oh, were there issues in the training camp? And I also I also saw Tim Means having no issues. Like there was no it was no monkey business with him. I even saw Tim Means kind of use his wrestling and toss him like I've never seen Tim Means toss someone like, oh, shit, Tim can wrestle. And I was like, man, one fighter looks sharp Tim Means. And then the other one is out of breath. And then Mike, I fell asleep. And now you got to tell me the rest. (laughs) Well, like I say, for the first two rounds, I really do feel Tim Means was piecing him up. I'm talking schooling him. And um, it wasn't looking too good. I mean, he was getting it from the legs. He was getting it from the hooks, the jabs. Mm -hmm. Particularly the jab was like Mm -hmm. quite well for Tim Means. And for me, I was shocked because... Nicholas Dolby, for me, he's got some real strong stand-up. But in the third round, it was kind of evident that, you know, whatever Nicholas Dolby's corner had actually said to him had actually sunk in and got him real, real good because he came out swinging. But still the same breathing. You know, I've just thought of something. Mm. Maybe the whole heavy breathing was some kind of like um, yoga tactic, that kind of like... Oh, Mike, it was that bad? It had you think pace himself the, the, it, 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 it was weird to hear that you know um one minute 30 seconds in to hear that hard breathing but the Mike, pace it was that, that bad in, are you being dramatic like you no, think he it, was it, doing it was, yoga <laughs> it, 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 it was it was very loud okay there's no crowd there's no um right dulling the sounds in the cage maybe i was hearing it more than you know the average fight but it was very evident but Mike before I fell asleep yoga technique or he was having gas problems but why I say that he possibly wasn't is because in the third man he came back strong and he rocked Tim Means to an extent where you know Tim Means had to just clinch him up for the remainder of the fight oh yeah really kind of like wear him down scrape him against the cage and really tie up his hands so much so it was kind of frustrating for Nicholas Dolby because if he were allowed to let his hands go I feel that he was gonna have um Tim Means out of there really seriously 
I picked Tim Means because Tim Means has been fighting really well lately. He's kind of in like a, his own little stride. He's got a little momentum going with him mm-hmm. and he's fighting smart. So I picked Tim Means, but I didn't think it would be the way in which you described though. Even though I thought he would win, I, Dolby striking is top notch. I like Dolby and I, and Dolby, I think can hang in the UFC. Even with this loss to Tim Means, I'm not like, oh, he sucks or he needs a little bit more work. I think he just got a loss here and something was weird with the breathing because Mike, before I fell asleep, the commentators were discussing breathing. They didn't mention <laughs> yoga, but they did. I did before I conked out. I remember hearing like, why is he breathing like that? And now that we're podcasting, I'm cracking up because now you're talking about yoga. So I'm pure. I don't know why my doorbell is going off, Mike. It's strange. Um, but it's the man with the sweets that you like. <laughs> shut up. Every No, not in order. <laughs> But it's just so weird. Like, it's like, who is coming to see me? I don't know. Why do people, and they always drop by when I'm doing the podcast. But anyway, Mike. Sorry, I'm distracted, but. Hi, I have no idea how to use this. We have like a new thing to let people in. And I have no idea. Okay, I'm okay. I'll press a button. Hopefully I'll let you in. <laughs> is that the code word? Home package. <laughs> yeah just oh oh my god they didn't show me how to use this but i think i let them in um <laughs> i'm gonna leave this in your 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 uh your, your visitor that visits you in this podcast he's never been on uh on audio we now have him he's delivering some sweets man i tell you when i'm by myself and i'm chilling in this house don't nobody ring my bell. As soon as your black ass call me, let's do this podcast. Everybody <laughs> want to drop by. <laughs> anyway, Mike, where were we? Dalby. Dalby. Yeah. I like, I like Dalby, man. Maybe I'm a fan. I like how he looks. I, I feel like he went in a time machine and he's a fucking Viking. And like, and I love Vikings. I like how mm. he looks. I like mm. that he doesn't exploit his black daughter. I like that he, I like the way he fights this, this stance switching. He takes this shit. See, I've always just kind of liked him. So yeah. I don't think this loss is going to, I'm sure it hurts him and it bothers him. Don't bother me. I hopefully we'll see him again. I like him. I don't know. I just do. Same, same. He does give off really good vibes, just like Jai Herbert. Yeah. I, I like the way that he carries himself. And I love the fact right. that, you know, he, he's got a very, very um, philosophical outlook and temperament. And he, he, like I say, he's got a good aura about him. Like yeah, him. he's a cool dude. And you know who else is cool? The guy who won the fight. We got to talk about him too. Tim Means mm-hmm. is a really cool dude, man. He's just straight up. He's tall as fuck. I met him at UFC um, DC working in the event. Oh, okay. And he's just, yeah, he's down to earth. He's just like a regular dude, the way you're a regular dude. My brother's a regular dude. I like him. See, but mm. those, both those men are down to earth, good guys. And I'm happy Tim won. And I hope to see Nicholas soon. But Mike, mm. tell me you saw Andre Philly versus Daniel Pineda. I loved it. Absolutely incredible. Right? But you take it away. And I'm just so cross that it ended aye, aye, aye. But, but I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Take it away. I'm, I'm upset for both men. You know why? Andre Feely was fighting like maybe I agree with DC. This is probably one of the best performances of his of his life, man. He yeah. was he was accurate. Head kicks, punches, straight left, jab, everything you do in a fight. This guy was doing correctly. And he was beating Dan- Danielle Pineda up and everybody could see it. And then we had that awful eye poke. It felt like Herb Dean and them didn't, I don't know if it was Herb Dean, I always blame him, but it felt like the referee and the doctor didn't really know what to do at first. And then eventually they called off the fight. I kind of agree with the doctor. You could tell Daniel was lying. 
sir, you can't see you're blind right now. I know you want to make this money. And I know, and then also too, when you're losing a fight, I'm sure you're like, no, let me just beat his ass. Like the loser has to, he knew he was losing after the fight. He was like, man, Andre was getting me in my mind and heart body. So, you know, Daniel was like, I still could have won, you know, like I wanted a chance to fight him. And then meanwhile, Andre is like, I was beating your ass and this IPO ruined everything. So it just sucks, sucks, sucks. I hope they run it back and I hope we see them fight again soon. But the eye poke looked bad, Mike. You saw it? Yeah, they definitely got to run this back. But I have to yeah. say, Pineda's head was incredibly hard. Did you see that crack that he got mm-hmm. from the leg kick? It was absolutely, yep. that would have floored like God, but my guy was. <laughs> Standing. My guy was still standing. And I don't know, I was a little bit embarrassed for him when he was literally guessing um, how many fingers the ref had up. And it yeah. was like, sad. And you cannot see. How are you going to go back out there and actually, because... actually dodge hooks, jabs, and, and, and punches? It's just not going to happen for you. Because he's got a fighter's heart. He's he's like, I'll fucking fight blind. If if, if if Andre poked him in both eyes, he'd have been like, I'm all right, let's go. And, and tried to b- fight him blindfolded or with no eyes. Like, it's just, he wanted to fight the dude. He was losing. He wants his chance. I get a fighter's heart, even though I'm not a fighter. And that's why it broke my heart to see him kind of crying afterwards. And then these men, they're not getting paid a lot. They got families to feed. And then the, you train so hard for this. And then... An accidental eye poke just ruins the whole fucking night, you know? <laughs> but the thing that I don't get mm-hmm. is asking you, how many fingers have I got up? <laughs> you're guessing how many my fingers man, you've got up. My man said like, one. No, and that's not it. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly it was three, Daniel, I believe. Like, he was like, one? No, 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 there's more. Oh, poor babe. Like, you can't see shit. Like, when they called it, I was like, call it. Y'all call it. He can't see nothing. He's lying. <laughs> Man. But no, they definitely got to run that back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, uh, Ronnie um, Barcelos and uh, Timur Valier really enjoyed uh, this as well. I mean, th- these are two guys that were thrown down. How about you? High level technical fight that I loved every second of. This is, mm-hmm. this is, this is kind of like why I like fighting. I love when it's a close matchup. Both men don't, they don't want to lose, but they're both highly skilled. That's what we were watching. Tamar Vilev has the heart. I don't know where he gets his heart from, but at some point I thought Ronnie was going to put him down. When That uppercut from hell and some of those punches that Ronnie was landing. Because what how happened was- How did he survive that? Thank how you. How did not, he survive? Not only how did he survive, but he was fighting well up until that point. Like I was mm-hmm. a little like, hey, Barcelos, come on, man. You about to lose to this dude? Like you, I talk a lot of shit about this man. I keep telling MMA Twitter, wait for his breakout performance. And I thought maybe it was going to be tonight because when I saw the uppercut, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. This guy's a fucking problem. But Tamir was like, I have heart and you can never count me out. So even though maybe, I don't know if the second round was a 10-8 round or whatever happened. Tamir still run that fight. And guess what? I agree with the decision. He pulled it out, even though he got his ass kicked in the yeah. second round. He pulled it out, man. I was proud of him, too. I don't even know the dude. I was like, I love Ronnie Barcelos. But tomorrow, I was like, salute to you. I'm proud of your performance. I, I'm taking you serious now, like he said to do in the post-fight interview. I do. I, I'm shocked that you say you don't know this dude, because you, I have to say, are the person who I look to to kind of like <laughs> give me abreast of 
who's coming up on the prelims. I can imagine that he has shown up on the prelims way before. Oh, yeah. I'm sh- and you're normally I'm, that guy. Or that I'm girl. sure. I'm sure, Mike, that I've seen him and I just can't remember or maybe his performance didn't speak to me yet, but mm. I'm sure I've seen him. But also, too, you've seen I just fell asleep on the prelims. Every so often, I'd be like, what happened, Mike? I missed it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like I did today. I straight up, I was watching Tim Means toss around Dalby. The next thing I woke up to you DMing me like, hey, don't forget what time. And I'm like, oh, shit, the fight's on. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. OSP, Ovin St. Prue against Tana Bosa. What happened to Ovin St. Prue? Did he forget that it wasn't sparring day today, it was actual fight day? Because he never got out of first gear. I mean, I don't even think he even got to first gear. It was almost as though he was either trying to wear out Tana Bosa because his work great was incredible i mean he was throwing everything but the kitchen sink at um mm-hmm. Ovin St. Drew. and mm-hmm. i just love the, the 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 busyness and it made me think maybe just maybe he's trying to wear him out until he can just clinch him up against the, the cage take him down and here we go the the uh the St. choke but no no that's that not the game plan no not at all it was Meg, I think I don't think he's a com- I don't think he's comfortable at heavyweight. Like when he fights at heavyweight, I'm like, why are you not good at heavyweight? It just don't make no damn sense to me. But one of my followers is like, he's getting older. This isn't someone that's going to like be in title contention, but he still can hang. So what he's doing is he doesn't want to cut weight. It's too hard for him. So he's just trying to win a couple fights at heavyweight. Man, it's not working. Ben Rothwell beat him in a split decision but i thought ben won that fight you know like he beat him up and the same thing mike osp was just like he's timid he's tense he's he's not flowing yeah he's slow he's not flowing at heavyweight so i'm just kind of like man i wish you could cut the weight and just go back down but last time he fought at light heavyweight didn't jamal hill send him packing and beat him up too yeah so that so this whole starting late stuff, it might work with Alonzo Menafield. Like you can start off slow and kind of try to wait to counter and stuff or start slow like Cowboy or something. But some people are going to figure out that all I got to do is bum rush you and put you down like Tanner did. So I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't know why he's at heavyweight. And I don't know why he's fights in slow motion for the first two rounds. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It was super slow. And mm-hmm. why it was jarring is because that's not the OSP that we remember at Light. No. And it made no. me think, this ain't the weight category for you. This really does not yep. Ultimately, I mean, I can see what he was doing. He was taking a gamble because of what happened against Jamal Hill. But this was the wrong move. Yeah. And also, too, what's wrong with the weight class you fight in already? That's also a warning sign to me. Why are you at heavyweight when, yeah, you lost to Jamal Hood light heavyweight, but here's the thing. Why can't you cut the weight and just stay where you're more successful at? What's going on in that camp? What makes y'all yeah. think that he can be successful at heavyweight when he's showing us he's not? What's wrong yeah. at light heavyweight? Something going on with him. Something going, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's what, what my followers said. He's getting older. He's trying to die and walk up weight and it's not working out. Something going on though. I tell you that much because his last two fights, again, he fought in slow motion and maybe nobody knows why. I feel for the next fight, um, mm. and this is um, obviously the main event, Cyril Garn 
and Alexander Volkov, I feel exceptionally good about myself. One of my friends um, was going to put a lot of money because of the odds on Alexander Volkov. I said, mate, have you seen the tear that Cyril Garner has been on lately? Have you seen this man in the prelims up until he's now main eventing? I have. And it's because of Yuji. You alerted mm. me to this man when you used to call him Cyril Gagné. And it's yeah, like, like Gagné Fruitis, like the shampoo. <laughs> on the, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I'm fake French. No, but that's just it. It, it sounds better as Gagné, but Cyril Gagné. Um, I saved my friend from actually uh, losing massive amounts. Good for you. He's going to bet the house, basically, on Volkov. Nope. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Matter of fact, go the other way around. Like, I know he's a prospect. I know Volkov is a beast. But, yeah, you're sleeping on somebody. And I know that Sirogan isn't always knocking people out. But you have to understand that he's a tricky-ass, fast-ass fighter. And he's good. And he... And he doesn't fight like a prospect. That's why I noticed him on the prelims. I was like, who is this athletic jumping around motherfucker heavyweight? No, he's going to be a problem. I really enjoyed this. This to me was like, uh, it was like a technical battle. Everything yep. was about precision. The way that he kept circling back and making mm-hmm. sure, um, Cyril Garn, making sure that um, Volkov was against the cage at all yep. times. And you could hear um, Volkov's corner. Uh, which Frustrated. Was English. Um, mm. saying, you know, get, get, get off the cage, get off the cage, not away from the cage, he's backing you up, backing you up. So it was, it was clearly kind of like causing him problems because that jab, that jab just kept coming out like a stinger. Incidentally, do you know what connects us, Alexander Volkov and Cyril Garn? Can you guess? No, what is, what is it? I okay. have no idea. Um, let me uh, give you a clue. It's about colors. I'm clueless. No idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I'll give you a massive clue now. It's about flags. Oh, they're the same color, but different pattern or something. France yeah. and Poland or something. Yeah. Red, white, and blue in all of the colors. Oh, red, yes. white, and blue in the British flag. Red, white, and blue in the Russian flag. Red, white, and blue in the American flag. Red, white, and blue in the French flag. And that's wow, yes. Colonizers. That's the colors of the colonizers. <laughs> yes, that's correct. But anyway, getting back to the fight, you you telling me your, <laughs> <laughs> you telling me your um, case. I think Cyril... Um, was it gain not gagne i want to call him gagne so but gone i feel like i feel like gone man he's he's gone with the wind we got a problem on our hands man like i've been saying this for a while man he fights different like you ever hear that saying he built different that's gone it's just there's something special about him i understand he's a prospect i understand we 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 now we know enough. Now we know he's a problem. But when he was coming up, I just remember being like, whether he's knocking people out or not, or whether it's a it's a explosive performance from him or whether it's a tactical performance like Volkov, he's winning. And it looks like he's winning easily. It, it doesn't look like he's bothered. He doesn't look challenged. He looks like he's just someone that's capable of figuring it out and fighting to his strengths. Basically, Gan makes you fight his fight no matter who the fuck you are. He didn't care that Alexander Volkov is on a tear and he's fighting like a savvy vet and he's very fucking dangerous. This is not the Volkov that got smoked by Derek Lewis. After that loss, he's been getting better and better. 
And and Don came out and said, "No, he's not. I'm better." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have your flowers. I think you're you're yeah, come really, on, man. really hiding your ability to search out, seek out, and highlight prospects, talent, people that we should be watching. You highlighted the fact, and this was one thing which has been constant. He's a heavyweight, but moves like a middleweight. His I've speed. been saying that shit for come yes. on, man. That's and it's you and it's, you highlighted that. And it's not just his hand speed. What heavyweight besides Derek Lewis on flying occasion knees. throws jumping flying knees? Yeah. It's Derek Lewis and this young prospect dude. Who the hell are these people? Like when I saw him do that, I was like, oh my God, if he can do that consistently and it becomes accurate and he can do that to someone slower and keep this up and maintain yeah. that cardio, it's a he's a problem. And then he he, yo, he's such a problem that. Alexander Volkov looked frustrated. His corner sounded, fr- you could tell he was like, what the fuck is going on? I trained for this little French motherfucker. What's going on? Like you could see, the, <laughs> you could see Alexander, like I have to keep moving back and I didn't plan for this. Like you could see it in his face and, and um, Gane didn't care. He was like, I'm here to fight my fight. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, Merci beaucoup. like that. What can I tell you? I'm here to fight and I'm beating you and I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so well, if, mike, mike real quick yeah let me jump in here real quick who's more athletic mma twitter says that greg hardy is a very athletic heavyweight who who's who's the most athletic heavyweight to you cyril gano or, or that man with that needs an inhaler how, yeah what i was about to say how does somebody who mid-round needed an and needed an inhaler how can he be the most athletic no I, I think you call this incredibly well. I, I think, you know, Cyril Garn is one of the most athletic heavyweights I've seen in a long while. Thank you. Thank you. Will you say one thing about Greg Hardy and his fans will be like, but he's so athletic. Stop making excuses for him. He can't breathe. That's not athleticism. Needing an inhaler is a medical condition. It's not athleticism. I don't give a fuck that he used to play football and he's learning faster than most people. Who gives a fuck? Are you watching Gun fight? Do you see somebody doing the fuck it? Do you see a very large man fighting like a middleweight? Fuck out of here. I see an inhaler versus someone throwing flying kicks like he's fucking my size. What's going on, MMA Twitter? Stop. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm done with my rant. I just had to put that out there. No more saying Greg Hardy is the most athletic um, heavyweight. You're, y'all making excuses for a fighter that's not really good and just someone that Dana White really likes and is trying to promote. Stop. Get on the gone bandwagon. That's I'm intrigued, though. I mean, who do you give Seal Gone next? I mean, oh man, I don't know. And bitch, first of all, stop asking me questions. I'm about to ask you. Like I'm sitting here, like I'm gonna <laughs> stop it. You see, off, um, the, off, off the top of my head, why not give him Stepe? I listen. Mm. Heavyweight, heavyweights. You don't. It's a funny division, you know. Like you, it, once you're hot, go for it. I think go for the if you're in title contention. Exactly. Your time is now. Yeah. Do it. I'm with you, Mike. Give him somebody. He's how many times you got to beat up somebody perfect. You know, how many times we're going to see a masterclass performance? How many times we're going to be like, this guy's good and he's Thank athletic. Yeah. Now let's give him a challenge, a bigger one than Volkov. Give him Stipe. Give him somebody up there and let's see what he does. Don't forget he beat who else? Uh, Rosenstruck as well, right? Exactly. Yes. Enough yes, is enough. Do. Give him give him a big name. Give him the big name. And then, then they, the UFC loves making him, you know, heavyweights, the, you know, like a, a main event. Give him a bigger name if you want to shove heavyweights down our throats. Come on. Step it up. 
Exactly. Speaking of questions, though, do we have any uh, questions submitted via Twitter? Because I know you put that out the back bat sign earlier. Um, did anybody bite? Did anybody actually submit anything? Because um, no, they're just liking and retweeting. They're showing support and love. But you I know, was, was going to say because my 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 phone has been kind of like buzzing for the last twenty minutes, and uh, yeah, I can mine just too. See that. Yeah, everyone's like, yay, let's help them out. But it's like, don't nobody really have much to say. Someone did ask who was um, Cyril Gunn's first defense. Like, you know, like Benjamin already thinks that this guy is going to be champion. And not to mention a couple of mentions in mine and also the Wokecast question. People are alluding to that, Mike. They're kind of already in your in your mindset that it's just time kind of maybe to push this kid to another level. Well, it's like I'm saying, I mean, you, no, you hit the nail firmly on the head. Look, let's just stop with the bringing on slowly, bringing on slowly. Look, you've given him some serious tests. Let's see what he's talking about. Let's see what he's about. Yeah, exactly. Like he's performing beautifully. He's beating bigger and bigger names with each fight. Okay, the next step is to give him a bigger name. Who? I don't know. Maybe Stipe. Who knows? Maybe if Stipe puts, you know, the young prospect down, Stipe gets the title shot himself. Who knows? That's a big win, too, for Stipe. Exactly. Who puts who figures out the puzzle? Who puts the young kid in the heavyweight division? Who puts this horse down? Who puts who, who, who gets it done? Who figures out the puzzle? Is it a savvy vet like Stipe or does this kid wash Stipe? And now we're like, holy shit, we got, you know, and then now we start talking Gon versus uh, Francis, you know, like, yeah, get him, get him up there. Let's go. Exactly. Speaking of questions, we've got one through on the voice questions from oh, yeah. Todd Rhino. Hey, Mike and G, it's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So, uh, a pretty roller coastery night of fights uh, for UFC. <laughs> the question I have for you both is Shavkat Rachmanov is. Mm something special i'm not sure you know you see that every once in a while somebody really comes along and kind of hits all the buttons right where you're like this guy really might be something incredible down the road so i just kind of want to hear your guys thoughts on shavkat rachmanov and how maybe how you, how you see his career going what's his ceiling what are his strengths what are his weaknesses things like that i would love to hear your guys opinion and your thoughts on that love you guys love the show we'll talk to you later isn't this the same Shakman Rachmanov who trains with Frankie Edgar and uh, he goes out to Dagestan? Or am I thinking about somebody um, different? Is this the same Shakman no. Rachmanov? No? I think you're thinking someone different. I know Tamir Valiev trains with Frankie Edgar oh, in Al- right. Almeida and he's from Russia. But this young man is from, um, hopefully I'm saying it right, Kazakhstan. And he, I think he's familiar. I, you know who I saw in his corner? Faziv. Um, the, the, the young man at Fort Mark Diacase. And they had that beautiful fight. Oh, and uh, right. yeah, he's, he's, um, he trains with him. And I don't know, the, the commentators were saying that he's been training since he was very young. Mike, he's undefeated. And here's another thing, Mike. He's a former, I forget, he's a former champion. Is an M1 or something? Former champion. Been training since he was a kid. He is someone that I found also on the prelims. And also he came with a buzz. I didn't just pay attention to him because I noticed how good of a fighter was. I was informed of how good of a fighter was. And he's just making his way up right now. He's kind of like gone, man. Like he doesn't fight like a prospect, but he is. 
And to answer your question, Rhino, I think this division needs to be on notice, believe it or not. I think um, after a couple of wins, he's going to be right up there, hopefully not turning down fights like the other assholes in the welterweight division. You know what I mean? Like, I hopefully he doesn't turn into a diva and decides, hey, I'm not fighting these people. And he gets up there and he starts beating up a lot of content. I think he's going to shoot right up to the top. Do I think he'll be champ? I don't know. Does he have the skills to? Yes, he does, Rhino. And I'm not even trying to jump on a bandwagon thing or nothing. I just legitimately think this kid is special. Ah, right. Hold on a minute. You know something? I've got to circle back. You mentioned him. He was one of the prelim fighters, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That went way over my head. I'm sorry, Rhino. I didn't actually get to see that fight. So I can't actually um, give an an opinion on it. But yeah, I'm with G when she talks about this man being 14 and 0 she talks about him um getting this like evil submission over Michelle um Pereira's um so yeah Pereira's um earlier uh, earlier in the night so I, I'm I'm with G whatever she's saying I'm backing that because she's but the prelims queen here's the thing Mike it's I'm the prelim queen I appreciate that but notice how Rhino who's got his own podcast and also his takes are A1 and he knows what the fuck he's talking about notice who he's talking about remember the name Shavkat Rachmanov might go back do like it's he's worth the really like if you're bored one night he's worth going to watch this fight you're going to be like oh we might have a future champ here like he's this is this is a gone of the (laughs) of the welterweight division like this is a prospect that doesn't fight like a prospect he's special and next time he fights you're gonna notice and you're gonna be like you were right you and rhino watch (laughs) well seeing as though rhino is uh the my favorite podcaster exactly uh, i I really feel he's the podcaster's podcast the king right yeah i i I, I do rate him and his prowess and i I love what he's doing over there props to him so i'll I'll definitely because you're one of my favorite people he's one of my favorite people i think take out uh rachmanov as well yep you'll you'll see mike whether you go back and watch or whether you happen to catch him on a prelim Mm. i can't wait for you to be like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) right are we going to get out of here? Is that a wrap? Or is there yeah. anything else that you wanted to chime in on just before we go? Guess what? Breaking news, man. OSP is going to appeal that loss to Tanner because remember DC Controversial kept saying that Tanner um, picked himself up to win by holding on to the fence. That's not what he, I saw on the replay. He, he didn't. He kind of like used the back. Of, it looked like the back of his fist to kind of like hoist himself up. He Leverage. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. Wow. He didn't use it to pick himself up. He put his hand up like, shit, I'm falling. But he did not grab the fence and use it to pull himself up. And it clearly shows that in the replay. And when they showed the replay, Daniel Cormier got quiet. Like he was like, nope, you know, like, so shit. <laughs> but. OSP is going to appeal that. Interesting. Okay. I like these. We're going to have to do this again when there's a, there's an early card because, you know, it gives people our early takes and um, basically there, there's no real reason to hold back until um, 24 hours or almost 12 hours later to be uh, filing our, our podcast. So yeah, let's do this. Let's do this more hey, often. Mike. We'll be back. We'll be back midweek with the rest. Until then, stay safe.
Africa.